Hurricane season reaches its seasonal peak. The activity in 2017, it really became active towards the latter part of August. We expect a similar kind of thing to happen this season. Death Valley, why so hot? Furnace Creek, where the possible record temperature was seen, lies just north of Badwater Basin. Now this is the lowest point in North America and a key reason why the air here gets so hot. And after some wet and also hot weather this August, what's next for the UK? Unusually windy for the time of year. Across large swathes of the country, there's a Met Office yellow warning in force. It's Friday the 21st of August and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and this is Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Mid-August through until September generally marks the peak in frequency and intensity of hurricanes. So is 2020 following seasonal trends. Earlier, I spoke to the Met Office tropical prediction scientist Julian Hemming. I began by asking him why we tend to see more hurricanes this time of year. The peak season for the Atlantic runs from normally about the latter half of August right through to October. And it's during that time that we see the most conducive conditions for tropical cyclones, including the high sea surface temperatures across a wide part of the Atlantic and Caribbean. And often the atmospheric conditions are very conducive during that time as well. So it doesn't mean that we always see a lot of activity during that time. It depends on the specific conditions in a particular season. But certainly this season, the conditions are very favourable for a lot of activity in the Atlantic. It's Thursday the 20th of August. What currently is happening across the tropical North Atlantic? Well, the Atlantic so far has been very active uh, in terms of tropical storm numbers. Just last week we had two more, Josephine and Kyle, which means we've had 11 tropical storms so far, even before we get to the peak part of the season. And that is unprecedented in the modern era. But one thing to note is that although we've had 11 tropical storms, only two of them have become hurricanes and those two are just category one hurricanes. So we're still waiting for uh, what you might call the real peak of activity where we see the much stronger hurricanes, what are classified as major hurricanes, which uh, are category three and above. And so far we haven't had one of those. Notably, 2017 was a significant year for hurricanes and we saw a number of cat fours and cat fives. Did they sit around this time of year as well? The activity in 2017, although there were some early season storms, uh, it really became active towards the latter part of August when we had Hurricane Harvey and then Irma beyond that. And that was the real period of peak activity. So we expect a similar kind of thing to happen this season with the more intense storms probably still to come over the next month or six weeks or so. Can you give us an indicator about what's perhaps going to happen in terms of hurricane trends next week? All the indications are that the activity is ramping up a bit. This time of year, the thing which causes the Atlantic tropical cyclones is what we call African easterly waves. These are disturbances which roll off the coast of Africa and then move across the Atlantic from east to west. And we have three of those at the moment sitting out there across parts of the Atlantic and Caribbean. Two in particular we're taking a look at. There's a disturbance in the Caribbean Sea, which has the potential to become a tropical storm and then head up maybe through the northern part of Mexico and then up into the Gulf of Mexico and has a potential to threaten the US. 
into next week. And also there's another disturbance which is now classified as a tropical depression, which is to the east of the Caribbean. And uh, that is likely to become a tropical storm and it will threaten the uh, northern part of the Caribbean, the Leeward Islands, uh, Greater Antilles, the um, Bahamas, Turks and Caicos Islands. And again, next week, there's a possibility it may uh, threaten possibly Florida or other parts of the Gulf states of the USA. Julian Hemming, Met Office Tropical Prediction Scientist. For more information, check out the Met Office Storm's Twitter feed. One of the worst heat waves in years continues to affect California, affecting millions. The air is incredibly hot, but also unusually humid, as Laura Ellum explains. So the hot, humid air are the result of separate meteorological phenomena combining in a, a way not often seen. The heat wave was the first of these meteorological phenomena to arrive. So we have high pressure rotating clockwise over the states of California, Nevada and Arizona. And this steers the hot, dry desert air over California and has helped to break daily and monthly heat records across California's Central Valley. Then Tropical Storm Alida, the second of the meteorological phenomena to arrive, this began feeding moisture northwards into the heat wave across California and this helped create instability in the atmosphere and this instability was responsible for creating thunderstorms across California, the western part of California and with the thunderstorms hundreds of lightning strikes across hundreds of miles. As a result of these lightning strikes dozens of wildfires created and further inland a tornado formed. And in fact, that heat has extended to Death Valley, where we've seen some pretty much extraordinary temperatures. But why is Death Valley so hot generally? Death Valley lies at around 36.5 degrees northwards, which is a latitude at which many deserts are found around the world. Around 30 degrees north favours the formation of deserts since it's where moist equatorial air begins to descend. As it does so, it loses a lot of its moisture content. And as this drying air sinks down through the atmosphere towards the surface, atmospheric pressure builds. Now, this also suppresses cloud and rain development and additionally allows for plenty of sunshine by day, which helps the land and the air sitting just above it to heat up. Death Valley is in the northern part of the Mojave Desert in eastern California, which is part of the Great Basin extending across much of Nevada and Utah. To the west of Death Valley is the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Now, from the west, moist cool air from the Pacific Ocean passes over the Sierra Nevada and its peaks, raining out its moisture before then warming up and drying up as it sinks down eastwards into Death Valley. Now, Furnace Creek, where the possible record temperature was seen earlier this week, lies just north of Badwater Basin. Now, this is the lowest point in North America and a key reason why the air here gets so hot. The basin is 86 metres below sea level and surrounded by four other slightly smaller mountain ranges. Now, these mountain ranges trap the heat in Badwater Basin, Death Valley. This heat then continues just to circulate within the valley and warm up like a convection oven it, it basically has nowhere to go so it just sits there in the sunshine continuing to heat up adding to a cauldron of hot hot heat. Laura Ellum, Deputy Chief Meteorologist at the Met Office. In other global weather news the monsoonal rain continues to produce exceptional rainfall. 
from northern Pakistan to northeast China and the Korean Peninsula, including parts of Southeast Asia, widespread rainfall totals of 100 to 150 millimetres are likely across this region over the next few days, with local peak accumulations of up to 500 millimetres. Across Pakistan, northern India and Bangladesh, flash flooding and landslides continue to affect millions of people as rains impact many large towns and cities. The World Meteorological Organization has reported that the heavy rain has plagued the upper reaches of the Yangtze River in China, which is suffering its worst flooding for 40 years. Further torrential storms will affect this region into the weekend. Closer to home, Storm Ellen broke mean wind speed records and surface level pressure records for August across Ireland. Winds peaked at 111 kilometres per hour at Rochers Point in Cork during the early hours of Thursday, the 20th of August. Gusts were even higher at 143 kilometres an hour, which is 89 miles an hour. Strong winds will also be a feature of our weather over the next few days in the UK. Here's Alex Deacon. It's been a wild few weeks of weather, a heat wave followed by days of thunderstorms. And now this week, it's all switched to strong and gusty winds. We had Storm Ellen, of course, that has now been subsumed by another area of low pressure. And that area of low pressure is sticking around into the weekend. It will continue to bring, bring some very strong winds. So Friday, unusually windy for the time of year. Uh, across large swathes of the country, there's a Met Office yellow warning in force. Gusts of 40 to 50 miles an hour inland over hills and coasts, gusts of 60 miles an hour. Some travel disruption is possible, certainly interruption to ferry services. And we're also concerned about high tides and the combination of those strong winds bringing some large waves. So there could be some coastal issues as well. So make sure you're weather aware, make sure you're across those weather warnings. The low pressure does stick around, but it tends to weaken as it clears away. And so although Saturday is still a windy day, it won't be as windy. Uh, still blustery and it's basically a day of sunshine and showers. With the gusty winds, it does mean that the showers will tend to zip through. So you're never too far away from a sunny spell, but equally there'll be more showers falling on behind. So yes, sunshine and showers on Saturday, some heavy ones and still quite blustery with temperatures around about average. Uh, feeling cooler when the showers come along and obviously feeling cooler because of the winds. As we go into Sunday, well, that area of low pressure is still controlling our weather, but it is easing away further and things are relaxing a little bit so it won't be as windy again and a notch down the winds, just a breezy day. And again, a day of sunshine and showers, but probably fewer showers. Decent chance the parts of the west may have a completely dry day. And with lighter winds, perhaps a bit more sunshine, it might not feel all that bad on Sunday afternoon. But definitely the weather remaining pretty lively into the start of the weekend. Thank you, Alex. Before we go, here are your weekly weather extremes from Monday the 10th of August to Sunday the 16th of August. The highest maximum occurred at Heathrow in London, which peaked at 35.7 degrees Celsius last Tuesday. 3.1 Celsius was the lowest temperature recorded in Altnahara in the Northwest Highlands during the early hours of Monday morning. There were amber warnings for thunderstorms during the middle part of the week, and this brought some torrential rain. Nosal in Staffordshire saw the most rainfall in 24 hours, clocking up 94.8 millimetres. This was on Wednesday. And the sunniest place was Weybourne in Norfolk, with 13.3 hours of sunshine recorded on Monday the 10th of August. That's it for Weather Snap. I'm Claire Nazir. 
And the producer this week is Adrian Holloway. Weather Snap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.